Well, hey, I appreciate uh, our senior pastor's words there, just that reminder, except for the dig on my message. I didn't find that funny at all, but <clears throat> just that reminder of what this season represents. And I, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, you know, come God, come. So I thought it'd be cool if we just kind of open our message in prayer for a moment, just invite the Lord to reveal himself to us. So Father, we, we just, we celebrate this season. Um, we open ourselves up to the story of Christmas, to the story of this music. And uh, God, this church, we want it to be a place where you have the room to do what you want. Uh, so thank you for Ben's reminder that you are a giver of hope. And uh, for those in this room that need a outpouring of that, I pray that this message and the corresponding next weeks would remind them that you are close to the brokenhearted. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it really is uh, great to be with you and open up this series, and I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. My, my favorite part of Thanksgiving is the leftovers. Anybody else relate to that? Just love, love, love the leftovers and the football, but I enjoy the, the seasons now turning as we turn our attention to Christmas. And as we've been discussing, we're going we're gonna to talk through some of the music of Christmas. And before we tune it out, because we've heard it a million times, we're going to listen to it again through the coming weeks. And Pastor Will will lead us in some choruses. And Pastor Ben will be up the next couple weeks to unpack those lyrics. But I'd like to give you a moment to... Say hello to the person next to you. Introduce your person around you. And I want you to share what is your most favorite Christmas song. Take one minute, look around, say hello. What is your most favorite song? Go ahead, turn around, say hi to somebody. Share that with the person next to you, behind you, and around you. If you don't know it, just sing it out. Just bust a, bust a couple, couple lines. Well, at the top of my playlist has to be the carol that Pastor Will sang, Joy to the World. Anybody else love that one? I, that's, that's one of my favorites. This uh, young strapping man wrote that song, Isaac Watts. Here will be an image of him coming up here on the screen in a moment. Good looking fella. He was a prolific songwriter. He wrote over 700 hymns in his lifetime. And you probably remember the, the most famous one is Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That guy right there, the writer of that. And he also happened to write Joy to the World. Joy to the World. He wrote that in 1789. Interesting, that song has nothing to do with Christmas. When he wrote that song, he was thinking of Psalm 98. The return of Christ and when he would rule and reign, the whole nature and everything would point to him. But it's interesting, kind of like a, a theme song that gets, you know, the lyrics might be a little different, but it gets kind of adopted to maybe a sporting event. Like We Will Rock You by Queen is played now at every sporting event. Well, this song, somewhere along the line, got adopted to the Christmas story. And by the late 20th century, it was the most published Christian hymn in all of North America. And I believe the reason why we enjoy that song so much is the opening line. Let's look at it here on the screens. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. 
and let earth receive her king. Now, we are all probably very familiar with either the entire first Christmas, the story, or maybe parts of it. But what I'd like to do is return to it this morning and open ourselves back up to the mystery, the awe, the confusion that is found in that story. And just open ourselves up to the idea that maybe there's a lot of things that are still very relevant to our situation. I mean, everything about that night was unexpected. Everything, everything was not as people thought it should be. First, God comes as a baby. Second, the the creator of heaven and earth now lies in a feeding trough among cows. I don't know how many of you in your birthing plan said, you know, I think we'll skip the hospital. I'll head over to a barn because I've always wanted to be born among feces and cows mooing. And even the people that are in the story are unexpected. It's, it's staggering to think about who God was interacting with. And I think that raises an interesting question. How do you respond to your plans when they change unexpectedly? How many of you have had in the last couple of weeks some kind of idea of what you wanted, how you wanted it to go, how Thanksgiving would go, how everybody uh, relate to one another, and everything changed. How many of you went, hey, this is going to be fun. Hey, it's awesome. In fact, I think if we were to talk through interruptions and try try to be just a little bit honest about that, they always catch us by surprise because they're unexpected. The next thing is they just kind of challenge our understanding and our faith. What's going on here? I don't, I don't think I understand it. They, we, we almost always consider an interruption as something that we should avoid. Interruptions are bad. But what if some interruptions that might be occurring in your life or will occur are invitations from God? What if you're not just supposed to push them out, but you're to welcome them? What if divine interruptions are a pathway to joy? To joy. Because here's what I know about you and what I know about me. On the top of my list every year is joy. I wanted to rule in my home I wanted to rule at my job. I wanted to rule with my friendships. I wanted to rule over my marriage. And I wanted to rule in my heart. I've never found anyone who says, hey, I've got all the joy I need. So if we kind of go, you know, yeah, Andy, I'd be open to a deposit of joy this Christmas. What if God says, I'll give it to you. But it's going to come in a package and in a way that you aren't expecting. Well, Luke chapter 1 is where I want to go for us. We're going to move all throughout the Christmas story. So if you want to open up your smartphones, head over to Luke chapter 1 in the New Testament. Otherwise, just sit back and the verses will be on the screen. This is the angel Gabriel. And he now shows up and he's beginning to engage people as he pronounces the Christmas Events are coming, and this is Gabriel, and he says this. Gabriel appeared to her, meaning Mary, and he said, Greetings, favored woman. 
The Lord is with you. And in verse 29, it it reads, When she saw the angel, she was what? What was she? She was troubled. She was disturbed. She was caught off guard. She was surprised. She was worried. She didn't understand it. She was troubled by his words. In other words, she's saying, Gabe, I don't, I don't know who you, the Mary you think I am, but see, I, I'm poor. I, I come from a home. We don't have a lot of resources. We have nothing to really offer. I'm a teenager. I'm a, I'm, you know, and just the reality, you're, you're looking at a woman in this culture and saying, you're favored? Let me tell you, look at the culture. Women aren't favored in this culture. See, there's, if anything, my life says I'm forgotten by God, not favored by Him. Gabriel says, Mary, God hasn't forgotten you. He knows exactly who He's speaking to. You can remind Him of your past and your gender and your economic position. That doesn't limit God. And then what he begins to do is he says, here's, here's Mary, what is going to happen through you. And, and history will point to you as one of the most revered women. And it stretches her faith and her understanding of God. Verse 31, he says, you'll conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus and he will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he'll reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And I love Mary's response in verse 34. She says this, how is this going to happen? I mean, you, you just see, she, God's like rolling all this stuff out. All this, Hey, this, this is incredible. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. Everything that your ancestors have been praying about, that's going to happen. And it's all about to roll down, Mary. And Mary says, time out. In case you didn't know it, I'm a virgin. And there's just something about Mary that I, I relate to her. I see this and I think about all the times that God's interrupted me. And I thought, how will that work? So Gabriel begins to explain how she'll remain a virgin and pregnant. To which she goes, huh? And then something powerful happens. She makes a life-changing choice in the midst of all of this confusion, all of these unanswered questions. She decides to take her Uh, faith and her confidence, not lean it onto herself, not lean it onto her gender, not lean it onto her economic ability, not lean it onto her age. She leans it onto what God says, who God is, what he said I'm doing. And the world changes. Because in verse 38, Mary said, I don't understand this, but I'm the Lord's servant. And may everything you say about me come true. I just wonder how many of us every day say, God, what you've said about me in the Bible, may it come true. 
You say I'm a conqueror, may it come true. You say I'm blessed, I'm favored, may it come true. Or do we keep reminding God of, whoa, 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 I know you said that, but let me tell you what my dad said about me growing up. I know what you said that, but let me show you my checking account. I know what you said, God, but let me show you my lack of education, the fact that I can't stop drinking. Let me show you, God, to which we kind of think God needs information. Let me tell you, God doesn't need your information. He's well acquainted with your story. But he loves you in spite of all that. So the first insight, if we want to understand how something begins, how God interrupts our lives, make this note. We aren't required to understand divine interruptions. We are called to obey them. So I just want to give you permission right now to just free yourself from trying to make sense of the kingdom of God working in your life. Because anytime God invites us to join him, we will experience a gap between what God says and what we understand. It will always be that way. Because if God had to make sense, there's no faith. The God that makes sense to you is a small God. You've managed him into the box. The God that's mysterious, exploding onto the scene, changing generations, interrupting the life as we know it, bringing peace into utter chaos, light into darkness, hope into hopeless people, is a God that cannot be explained, but he can be embraced. He can be worshipped. And he can be trusted. He can be trusted. Our response is to obey And not spend our Christmas resisting. You can. And people did. And the Christmas miracle passed them by. And we do not celebrate those people. We celebrate the heroes who lean towards God. In their obedience. Here's a second insight. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. While some divine interruptions are terrifying. They're always Good news. I, I, I just want to give you permission, if I were going to kind of try to explain kind of Christian obedience, you know, following Jesus, I would say there are times it utterly grabs your heart and scares the living snot out of you. Again, Obedience to God is characterized by moments of, should I step out, and what if, and will I fail? It happens when you do almost anything that you want to start to be obedient and heroic in your faith. Sadly, most of us, we spend our lives trying to manage our risk. And it's good for your economy, and it's good for your health. You should have insurances and all that good stuff. But not when your faith, when you try to mitigate it down to something that happens on a Sunday for a few hours and tingles the back of your neck. But it does not inform what you do Monday through Saturday. It does not inform how you treat people. It does not inform what you do with your finances. It does not inform what you do with your time. That is not a faith that tells us, is it found in the Christmas story? That is not a faith that is found for people that write history. Now, the other dynamic that's going on in this 
sort of Christmas story is the crazy announcements. And we, we kind of live, my nephew right now is pregnant. His wife is pregnant. He's not pregnant. His wife is pregnant. That'd be really freaky. But his wife is pregnant. And last week we were talking about how are you going to announce the baby? And that has become a big deal. A lot of thought into that. You know, and so, in fact, here's some creative birth announcements. Let's see if you catch this. Prego. See, we're prego. Yeah, look at that guy. He's terrified. Here's, a, here's another one. See it? Ding, 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 dig ding, ding. Ding, 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 dig Ice, ice. Baby. Aw. Here's the other one. I, I, this one's a little weird. Yeah, I... I'm not, I'm not sure I would do that. You know, I'm not sure that'd be a great idea to, you know, hey, honey, let's hook up a hose to your belly. So these are, these are different. There's something about the birth announcement that first Christmas that is extremely peculiar. Again, we read it and we're like, oh, it's a nice story, you know. And, but it was so odd at the time that it took place because the announcement not only came to Mary, but then when God wanted to go public with it, it comes to the shepherds. To which the first kind of religious community at that time would say, shepherds? Shepherds? Are you kidding me? Shepherds? Shepherds are those people. You know, they were, they were social outcasts. Shepherds were, were thought to be people that couldn't be trustworthy. They weren't allowed to testify in court because they just thought that their testimony was always unreliable. Shepherds weren't allowed to participate in religious ceremonies. They would not, if this was a Jewish temple, they would not be in this room with us. They would be not welcomed because of their work with animals and blood. And, and so, you know, it's very difficult for us to kind of think of a group of people like that because we don't... Have them, well, actually we do. Just think of Steelers fans. And then you're like, oh, oh, I understand, Andy, exactly who you mean. Yeah, yeah, those people. Sorry, just couldn't help get it in there. It was low-hanging fruit. All right, Luke chapter 2. That night, some shepherds were in the fields nearby watching their sheep. Verse 9. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the radiance of the glory of the Lord surrounded them. I mean, this is like Bose stereo. It is like amped up. And you know what they were? What were they? What were they? God shows up in your life. It's sometimes terrifying. (laughs) God says to you something. It sometimes terrifies you. It is terrifying sometimes. You just got to be honest about that. They're terrified. But the angel quickly says, hey, don't be afraid. There's good fear. There's bad fear. Don't operate in a bad fear that paralyzes you, that holds you back. Because he says this in verse 10. I bring you good news that will will bring great joy in this last little phrase to All the people. All the people. I'm not coming for some people. I'm coming for everybody. I'm not coming just for the well-behaved. Not coming just for those who have perfect marriages, perfect families, wonderful jobs, and perfect credit scores. 
I'm coming for all people. Christmas is for all the people. And both culture and religion loves to exclude people. People who don't look like us, people who don't vote like us, people who don't agree with us, people who have different skin tone. It just goes on and on and on. There's two products that are in in our kind of consumerism that makes my point. This is the first one. This is Bling H2O. It's water. It's water. Right? It, water should be for everybody, but not bling H2O. This is, this is their press release. More than a pretty taste, I'm going to try to put a little spin on it. More than a pretty taste, bling H2O is pop culture in a bottle. It's not for everyone, just for those with bling. Ordinary bottled water is just for ordinary people. But for those who have a taste for the finer things, bling H2O may be the perfect thirst quencher. Bottles start at $50 and go all the way to $480. You think water would be for everybody. Think again. How about this? Renova black toilet paper. Elegance. Sophisticated. Rebellious. Alternative and eternally fashionable. Renova isn't for everyone, but it's synonymous with sophistication and style. Why waste your time with last season's two-ply, white, when you can treat your cellulite-free, gym-toned tush to black? Renova is at $15 a roll. That is literally flushing your money down the toilet. Companies have turned water into toilet paper into things that only a select few people deserve. But God says, don't ever think about doing that with my son. Don't ever think you can decide who has access and who's in and who's out. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. For God so loved the world, the Muslim, the Buddhist, the Democrat, the Republican, the gay, the straight. God, Christmas is for everyone. And when we decide who gets to experience Christmas and who deserves Jesus and who doesn't, we cut joy out of our life. We cut the flow of the joy of the Lord out of our life. Another observation about God when he interrupts our lives. We don't choose the type of divine interruption, but we decide our response. The shepherds point to this. They they could have stayed with the sheep. I mean, okay, God kind of rolls the story out to the shepherds and says, guys, it's on. Like, what's happening in that manger? You want to go see it? It is going to change everything. And they could have stood there and said, Wow, did you, did anybody see that interruption? Did we see an angel? That was crazy. There's no way. Let's just get back to the sheep. But they don't. They, they, they don't fully understand what God's doing. 
But something powerful happens. Look at, look at verse 15. When the angel left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, what's this next phrase? What's he say? Let's go. You want to know two words that will change your faith? Let's go. You want to know two words that will show you what God's up to in your life? Let's go. Let's go and see. Let's go and see what God's up to. You want to understand what God's doing here at 4C this Christmas? Get involved in the offering? Let's go. Let's go and see what he's, what he's doing. Let's go and see. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And the shepherds give us an important window into understanding about engaging God up close, personal, and real. That those with the greatest needs find interest in meeting their Savior. When those who are touched in touch with their brokenness, in touch with their humanity, they understand something's not right, there's vacancy in my life, I've tried to fill it with so many things that leave me, I can't buy one more thing, I can't drink one more thing, I can't watch one more thing, I can't wear one more thing, I keep coming up short. When that happens in a person's life, that's when the Savior shows up, shows off, and radiates his glory. Let's go. Two words that changed everything. Two words that ushered in a new understanding of who God was, what he's up to in the world, how he loves the broken and the outcast, how he is still deeply involved in loving people. So next time we hear joy to the world and we sing that famous line, joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pause. I just want you, before you bust out in that song and just sing it and crank it up, I just want you to pause and remember, God loves to interrupt ordinary men and women. People who are overlooked, who think that their past has somehow disqualified them, who think they're limited by God, God's limited because of their age, God's limited by their lack of understanding, God's limited by their gender, God's limited by their past, God's limited by their habits. When they begin to think that, just pause. Because the story you're telling yourself is not the story of Christmas. The story of Christmas is that God breaks into people's lives and he loves to shower down joy. Loves to shower down joy. It just comes at a cost. It just comes at us learning to respond to it. It comes at us evaluating our life and going, I think I should go see. Now, who knows? I, you know, Maybe God will show up at your Christmas party as a big angel in the driveway. Could happen. You could be taking your garbage out and there's an angel. Be pretty crazy. But I think it happens more. I think God interrupts our lives uh, more often in these ways. And as I share these, just think, think through your life right now and see if any of these, as you look back now, you might go, wow, that, I resisted that. that any, are you thinking that might be God? Let me, let me give you some thoughts. Through a friend who offers a word of encouragement 
or challenges you to think differently. You know that person that you keep putting off when they say, hey, you know what you should do? You should go. You should, you should attend that. Hey, you know what you should do? You should, you should stop that. You know what you should do? You should say this. And you keep explaining away your life, resisting what they're trying to say. Maybe your interruption will, will be, and it might have already happened, when you find yourself in a situation that requires incredible courage. It, 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 it requires such a trust, and it requires you to actually step away from your past and step forward to a future you don't know anything about. And it leaves you terrified. Maybe his interruption will not be this loud song that is sung in stereo, but it will be like this. <clears throat> don't do that. Hey, come on. You can do better. Hey, hey, come on. Stop. Hey, hey, why don't you get off the couch and engage your kids? Come on. Really, that's enough. You've bought enough. It's not going to bring you comfort anyways. Why don't you engage me? Stop. Why don't you say this? Hey, why don't you, instead of just kind of going in the lobby and doing your thing and seeing all your friends, look around and say, is there anybody I don't know? And maybe I can walk across the way and say hello to them. Maybe that's happening. Maybe there's just all kinds of little voices. The Bible describes it as a whisper. Maybe you'll sense God interrupting your life as you grow tired of trying to have life lived on your own terms, where you're your own God. However, God decides to crash into your world May we respond like the shepherds did. Let's go investigate. Let's respond like Mary that says, says, in spite of my understanding, in spite of my my past, in spite of my present circumstances, I'm going to choose to trust you. And as that opening life line promises, as we respond that way, I believe a flow that is unstoppable of joy will reign and rule in your heart. Circumstances will not steal it. Your choices and mistakes will not limit it. Because you will operate as a man and woman of extraordinary faith. You will be ordinary, but you will follow and worship an extraordinary God. And you will bring joy, you will watch as joy to the world rules and reigns. With that in mind, I want you to pick out your connect cards. I want us to respond to a couple promptings that might be happening in this um, <clears throat> this message. And then we're going to take communion today. I can't think of a better uh, time to just gather around the Lord's table and celebrate and, and be served communion and just worship. Not rush out. We'll just enjoy this. But the first uh, encouragement I would give you, step A, is just an invitation. It's just an ex- accepting Jesus as the leader of your life. See, this, this whole story is not us trying to be good. It's responding to the goodness of God. So it's just you're saying, today I'm making Jesus my Savior. He, he is the Savior. Today he's my Savior. That, I'm receiving that gift. 
Check that box. I promise we'll follow up with you this week and talk to you about some next steps that you can take. The next one I would encourage you to do is baptism. Next month, Pastor Ben and some others will be on the stage. We'll be celebrating this this step A's decision by baptizing people. It's a great time. I would love to see you get baptized. Check that box and we'll follow up with you, even if you just have some questions. I've been thinking through kind of the, the, where we are as a re- result of this message, and I thought about kind of, I think there's sort of two responses to this message. First is, I just want to be obedient when God interrupts my life. That's step C. Just kind of draw a line. You know what? If God interrupts my life this Christmas, Andy, my response, I want, with God's help, I want to be obedient. I do. I want to be obedient to that. Check that box. We'll send you an encouraging thought, but I think you're making a, almost a covenant to God. Right there. Step D, I think there's a group of people you'd say, God, Andy, God has interrupted my life. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. I know, Andy. When you started talking, I was like, oh, really? He's interrupting my life. He is telling me to go this direction, to go and see, to be like Mary and say, okay, it's your will, not my will. And I'll I'll be honest with you, Andy, it's terrifying. It's terrifying for me because it impacts this over here. What's this for you? What is that? Is that your family? Is that your finances? Is that your confidence? What is that? And the problem is when that becomes more important than this, so if, if God is interrupting your life, choose step D. We would just love to be praying for you this week. We don't really have words of great wisdom other than already the words that have been spoken. Go and see and respond and say yes. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to do. Quit trying to explain it away. Quit trying to reconcile it. Quit trying to spend so much time over your past and just go. When I started uh, LifePoint, the the decision that I had at the time, I was going to leave the church that I loved and was leading and was invited to continue to lead at a pretty significant level at that church. And I had decided this this opportunity to come to church plant. And I remember thinking to myself, man, that looks really good. (laughs) But what I want to say when I'm 60, to my kids hey don't risk take the easy way man and I decided I'm going to risk I don't know where this church plan will end up I don't know how long it will go if it will go forever or for a few years I don't regret making that choice I don't want you to have any regrets so where you feel that prompting today. Draw a line in the soul and say, I I want to respond appropriately. The last is, we're going to have a newcomer event. There's a lot of people that are walking in our doors and trying to plug in. And, you know, we just want to make that an easy experience for you. So we have something on Sunday, December 6th for anybody who's not yet plugged in. So you could have been attending for a while and you just... 
you know, hey, I'm ready to take a next step. Pastor Ben's there. It, it really, honestly, is a fantastic event. He gives us a really rich history and kind of points us to some of the things, why we do the Connect Card we do, why the sign is the color. I, I was like learning a lot there. This is a great event for you if you're not yet fully connected. So I'd encourage you to take that step. We'll follow up with you. It's a 45-minute meeting. We're not going to bar the doors and make you sign up for something, all right? But just be part of it if you want to know. What a joy to be with you guys. It's going to be a great season of, of hope and worship and investment. Let's pray about these things. Father, um, thank you that you crashed into the world and that you're still like Pastor Ben said today you are still crashing in you are still showing up you're doing beautiful things in the midst of messy people messy lives that is the perfect setting for you to demonstrate your glory as we start this Advent season, we pray that our hearts would be known as hearts that have room for you. Room for you. We don't push off. We don't resist. We say, come, Holy Spirit, come and take up residence, Jesus, in our being. As we gather around the Lord's table today, we have so much to be grateful for. And we will leave here with uh, joy leading us and us responding to that joy in all things. In Jesus' name.